I do want one. They say a writer can increase his output by 50% with a word processor. Well, then maybe I'll build you one sometime. Welcome to another episode of Dark Side Citizens. I am, of course, Sean M. Thompson. And I'm Tiffany Morris. It's been a little bit of a hiatus. I think we recorded this last one, the last one in uh, July, and it's now September. Feels like it was longer than that. Maybe. Maybe it was June. I can't actually keep track. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Uh, but we're going to be covering the King Adaptation Word Processor of the Gods, which is episode 8 in season 1. It's uh, directed by Michael Gornick, written by King, obviously, from his story. And Michael McDowell did the script, and it's starring Bruce Davidson and, I mean, other people you've clearly never heard of. <laughs> I don't know why that's clear. I mean... <laughs> well, because I recognized Bruce Davidson and no one else. What was Bruce Davidson in? He's just been in stuff. I don't know. Okay. Well, let's see. You may remember him from other things. He was Senator Kelly in X-Men. Uh, blah, 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 blah. He's been in things. Things. He's been <laughs> in a lot of TV, apparently. Uh, he's been in a lot of crap. But he's he's been consistently working. He's apparently in Lords of Salem at one point. We made it through that. It wasn't good. Um, <laughs> Shock. <laughs> I'm going through like, oh, what's a thing that people uh, would actually know him from? Is that the movie where Sherry Moon Zombie has the coat? It's where she's got the white people dreads, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. I mean, yeah. But I, I remember liking the coat, and any time I brought it up, everyone would preemptively be like, that horrible coat. <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> I did actually like the coat. Yeah. That was like one of the only things I liked about that movie. That was all right. Good coat. Good coat movie. <laughs> yeah, he's just been in a lot of crap, but he's worked. Um, But that's not the point. Uh, yeah, so this episode, this is one of the, what we've come to call the My Bitch Wife episodes. Well, wow. Well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it was the 80s. <laughs> Lots of bitch wives I'm, in the 80s. <laughs> dude, we don't, we're not even through that trope yet. I'm sure if you looked at, like, regular <laughs> sitcoms on ABC, CBS, etc. Oh my god, do they still, still exist? The, do we still have yeah. family sitcoms on those networks? Oh my god. I mean, there's one called Modern Family, I know. I don't know if it if it's still going, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, no, they still have had family sitcoms. Uh, wild. They're, those always bored the shit out of me. But yeah, um, fairly simple plot. It's this guy gets a basically homemade word processor from his nephew, who has uh, unfortunately died in a car accident from... His brother, who was a drunk and was drunk driving and drove his entire family off a cliff. Light and subject then, matter. Uh, yeah, it's very light. Well, they treat it very light. Surprisingly um, light, yeah. Yeah, the wife is like, you know how much a triple funeral costs? <laughs> In case As you were wondering donuts. if she is indeed a bitch wife, that, that was pretty cold. Also messy, apparently. Yeah. They went out of their way to show she's very messy. Yeah. Because it's got... like the kitchen counter is like covered in crap, like a gremlin was there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how much can you snack? Oh my goodness. That's a lot of snacks on the counter. 
not just snacking. Apparently, she'd eat half a box and then just leave it kind of leave sideways, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this dude, his family sucks. His son sucks. I forget what his son's name is, but he sucks. Every time he asks his son for something, his son's just like, not now, Dad. I'm playing some sick riffs on my guitar. <laughs> he's not bad at guitar. I'll give he's him that. He's all right, yeah. But he's just like, yeah, just constantly like doing that, like, <laughs> needle, needle, knee, like needle in a way. Yeah. Um, and then there's like an, I don't remember how he know. I guess there's this old man that knew the family, um, his brother's family, who drops off the titular word processor of the gods. I was talking about this with Sean off, uh, well, not camera, but recording off air. Um, off air. About like how much I love the old Stephen King men, <laughs> how they just don't want any part of it. And they'll tell you exactly what you need to know. And that's about it. Like just really. I know they're characters. always so stupid though. Cause they tell you, yeah, like, <laughs> they don't want you to do it, but they say it. Yeah. And they're just like, Oh, there's a pet cemetery, but don't use it. And <laughs> it's like, well, dude, it. you just said it to this guy, like who's got a dead pet. I mean, come on. You just need to know about this unspeakable evil that's going to resurrect your deceased loved one. My thing, though, is I don't understand how the old man could possibly know. Like, did yeah. he use it himself? Yeah, like, he added a lot of gravitas to the use of the word processor of the gods. And is like, okay, but, like, did he, yeah, did he use it himself? How did he know that it was this... A I mean, instrument. I understand that they, they like implied the son had like some sort of magical power or the the nephew He's had magic power somehow. <laughs> there was that one uh, sort of very, very creep show kind of flashback they have where the lighting changes and it's just like, your typewriter is going to break, uncle. And That's he's just right. like, oh, you should get me a word processor then. Ha ha ha. And it's like, maybe I will. Maybe that's just what you need. It's so janky. I love the design. It's literally like a, <laughs> it's like a wooden box for the actual monitor. Yeah, I would actually love to have a computer that had like station wagon wood paneling. Like, <laughs> great. Yeah, and like the the keyboard itself is just like it looks like it's been like taken from all sorts of other keyboards. Like you went to a junkyard or something. Yeah, really Frankensteined. Now, I am not young enough to actually know a word processor of this type, uh, but there is a delete key and an execute key. Execute, I assume, being like save. I don't know. Or enter? Maybe enter. But like, I don't know. I haven't researched anything, and I don't know enough to know whether that was a proper key on a word processor. I assume not. Maybe. Now I'm curious. I'm going to look it up. But essentially, he discovers that if he types something and then deletes it, that thing is deleted from reality. So if that he types, that. there's a picture of my wife on the bookcase and deletes it, suddenly the picture is gone. And alternately, if he writes, there's a bag of gold doubloons <laughs> on the floor, execute, then they show up. There aren't enough doubloon plots in anything. No, there really aren't. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a fairly simple episode. Once he gets the word processor set up, it's just a 
kind of a matter of like what he chooses to add and delete from the world. And as has been telegraphed a mile away, obviously he deletes his family. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, what if I didn't have my stupid guitar playing son, guitar plunking son. And what if my family wasn't like shitty? Yeah. That's what I don't get. Like, I don't know. You could just rewrite your life in so many different ways. Like, why would you not just make yeah, it better? Yeah, that's my other thing, too, is, like, it seems really... I mean, I get that he he was in love with his brother's wife, apparently, and just never had the courage to, I don't know, like, date her, or maybe they did date and he didn't ask her to marry him, something like that. <laughs> so she's like, I'm going to go for your drunk brother instead. Yeah, I mean, you're not meant to, I'm sure it's like a fucking 20-word story, or 20-page or story. You're not meant to really think too much about. <laughs> As per usual, I was it's like, yeah, why not just get a supermodel for a wife? What was that, sorry? Well, I said, why not just get, like, a supermodel for a wife or an actress or any insane thing if you're just going to do it that way? Yeah, anything. But I guess the whole point is he loves this woman. And he's sad that she's dead. Yeah, I guess it's a whole meditation in like what could have been, right? Because obviously these people met a really grisly end. Um, he seems pretty ambivalent about his brother's death, like which is yeah, he's, crazy he, to he me. He has one line where he's like, "Anything nasty my brother could have done, he tried on me first. So the assumption is his brother was a real piece of shit and like abusive. Like, mm-hmm. even before he had this family. Which, like, I kind of wonder why he didn't take this woman aside and be like, my brother's a piece of shit, don't marry him. Marry me. <laughs> I mean, he might have, I don't know. Yeah, that's true, we don't know. But, I mean, it's a very, you know, what I love about the old King stories is a lot of them were, like, for men's magazines or were just very, like, they were so Twilight Zone. And this is a very Twilight Zone. It's like, what if your word processor deleted stuff from reality? (laughs) But, like, you know, that's all Tales from the Dark Side. A lot of the best Tales from the Dark Side so far have been just, like, but 80s. So it's like, you know, there's a word processor and it deletes people. Or there's a newfangled computer and it's got Pookie in it or Mookie or whichever (laughs) fucking one was the boy. There's a lot of sibling death in these, I've noticed. Yeah, there is. Yeah. So, like Someone of... either was sad or was hoping for something really dark. <laughs> yeah. And like some existential anxiety, like uh, my favorite episode, Slippage, I think it was. Yeah, um, he's just like, I just no longer exist. Yeah, just like the slow erasure of his existence. Like, I, I get a sense of some of that in this episode, too. And just like... um you know, what he's left with by the end of the episode, it's kind of horrifying. It is, but at the same time, I love this episode because it ends, he's got this new family he always wanted and this son he's always wanted, and that's it. Like, he doesn't appear to really feel any guilt about erasing his family from existence. (laughs) I think that, like, that's pretty dark obviously i think that 
I think they'd have to possibly be even worse to justify that, which is interesting, right? Because it adds some complexity to his character. Right. I love that the whole time he's like, my brother was such a piece of shit. But it's like, I don't know, would your brother delete your his family <laughs> and then, like, steal yours back from death? Yeah. You could just be like... I love my wife who got therapy and is no longer a super mean person to or me. Or even if you're a piece of <laughs> shit, you could be like, my super, my now super hot wife <laughs> who isn't a jerk, you know, yeah. like, who you just give her like whatever facelift or boob job or whatever <laughs> insane shit you want to do. Right. But no, he's just like, no, nah, it's probably just easier to clean the slate. <laughs> and that's what he does. People out of existence, because God knows no one else loved them or cared about them. I mean, like they're definitely annoying, but yeah, it's like that woman probably. Is I the guess best the question friend. becomes like, <laughs> like who's the worst? I mean, obviously, killing your family in a drunk driving thing sucks, but like, I don't know. It's equally <laughs> shitty to like delete your family from existence. Yeah, it just it's it's the same. It's a real O'Doyle. I got a feeling your whole family's going down moment. <laughs> like shit, man. Like I know this is just bad. like the buttoned up, passive aggressive way of doing what exactly the same thing his brother did. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. And I guess maybe that becomes a greater commentary. This is possibly giving too much credit to this episode. This is but... giving way too much credit because you know <laughs> Stephen King sat down had a beer and was just like, oh, what if my word processor could delete things from reality? I trust, Done. I trust that they would, you know, I trust that King would build that into it, a commentary about the cycle Well, I mean, I think that's probably, I mean, that is probably there. That's a lot of the great King stories is it's like somebody has this wish and they're able to somehow get away with it. And yeah, that's some of my favorite stories. It's like these people do these terrible things and they get away with it and they're just happy. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, wow, that's, huh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I guess he has to live with that for the rest of his life, but. He doesn't seem to mind. Yeah, and I don't know how much we're supposed to sympathize with that. Like, it's kind of ambivalent. I don't know. I mean, yeah, part of me thinks you're just supposed to be like, good for him, because his family sucked, and, like, not <laughs> read into it too much more. But, like, all his teenage son did was not really be attentive to what he wants, which is, like, every teenager in existence, right? Like, Look, like, the classic horror comic formula, especially in stuff like Tales from the Crypt, which is, I think, what this is kind of modeling itself off of a little bit, because that's what the Creepshow film was like. <clears throat> is very like, oh man, that kid stole my bike, so I put a voodoo curse on him, and now he is inside out. Right. Kind like, of you're not supposed reaction. to overthink it, because if you do, you realize, oh, everyone's a piece of shit. I mean, I don't mind that, though. I do love a show where everyone's a piece of shit, you know? This is definitely a piece of shit, except for the old man, who is clearly a young man in old man makeup. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. So wait, is he supposed to be somebody different? Or is just like that's... No, no, no. I just mean they were lazy and didn't hire an old man actor. <laughs> and they could have, which they easily, easily could have. And instead they just got like a middle-aged guy and put old people makeup on Why him. Why would you do that if it's not relevant to the plot? That's insane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I guess they were just in a hurry. But it's like, wouldn't it take more time to put like makeup on? So I don't know. 
I guess you could just like paint lines on stuff if you like. I mean, old I now. don't think it was good makeup. No, no. Although they sort of just put him in a gray wig and then put a hat over it, so you didn't <laughs> notice how bad the wig was. This is why I should watch these episodes with my glasses on, I guess, because I don't even notice. Oh yeah, no. If you go back and like actually look, it's just terrible old people makeup. Oh, I'm excited to do that now. <laughs> I mean, this is a, I don't know, this is one of my favorite episodes so far, because it's just so (laughs) stupid. I mean. Yeah, I mean, are you afraid? It's it's not quite as stupid as Ow My Back, but. (laughs) The Bitch Wives episodes are not great episodes. Um, They have not aged well, as should be fucking obvious. Because it's, it's just very much like, I mean, there's certain things like baked into them that are just. Uh, I don't know, stereotypical and stupid, like, oh, if your wife is messy, then she's a bad wife, or if your me- your wife overeats, she's a bad wife, or yeah. if your son is loud, he's a bad son. Yeah. Instead of like, hey, maybe they could change if you ask them to change. <laughs> yeah. Probably not. The implication is they're really headstrong and shitty, but... Yeah. I mean, the it's whole- like, are you much better when you're like, delete? Like, what does he say at the end of the fucking episode? He's like, let's delete this. Pro- <laughs> let's delete this word processor from our lives. Yep. And I'm like, you deserve to die for that line alone. <laughs> you're a writer, good sir. That was terrible. <laughs> well, he did say that he. No, he did. He. I mean, I liked writer. that part. <laughs> or- I liked that he was like, I had one book. It had two reviews. They were both negative. <laughs> Because that, I mean, I, from the people I've talked to who are also novelists or story writers and the like, that is often more the case. Yep. It's like, it's a much smaller percentage that are like, I released my book and people fucking loved it. And like, more often it's like, I released my book and like 20 people bought it and, you know, I had 10 reviews and like two of them were three stars or something. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny. I don't know. In my writing life, when I <laughs> talk to people that don't write, they're just like, oh, that's nice. And it's just like, okay, yep, this is good. This keeps me humble, man. Like, <laughs> just remember yeah, no how much people shit. don't care. Yep. They absolutely do not care. <laughs> do not give a shit. It's like insane how much they don't care. <laughs> yeah. It's like very nice. Like, oh, that's nice for you. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. It's it kind is of funny to me that like, nowadays... It's the same reaction if you said, I have a podcast, then I have a book. And it's like, you have a podcast now, Tiffany. You know exactly how much work goes into one. Which is, I mean, on the initial startup, really not all that much. But it's fun. I mean, an amount of time and skill required to do a podcast versus, like, write a novel or, like, a poetry collection. It's, like, not even close to the same. (laughs) Yet people are just, like, they treat it like it's exactly the same. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. I'm going to carry that forward with me. That's good content. Yeah, welcome to the Let's Bitch About Writing podcast. Formerly known as, what was it before? The Chuck Palahniuk podcast? Or a couple of other things. I don't remember now. No, but yeah, I mean, I think he's believable as a writer in that regard. You know? Well, he's also insanely narcissistic. And God, he thinks he's got the power of God, which I guess in theory, well, not even in theory, in practice he does. Yeah, but I mean, I think the name, the title of the episode, Word Processor of the Gods, is a little bit loftier than the episode itself. 
It's a good title. But I mean, I from what I remember reading the story, and I haven't read it in years, but like that's very similar to the uh, story itself. Yeah. Where you know, it's just like it's King. He wants a poppy title so people read it, like something that boom. Yeah, I mean, it's eye catching, especially if you know what a word processor is, <laughs> which people in yeah. the eighties would have. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's. I don't know, though. Uh, if I, I saw something that was like, the laptop of the gods, I'd be like, all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. It's a little facetious, I guess. Um, I think it's just really done now, and I don't know how done as a trope that was back then. Probably but, not as much. Yeah, like there's an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode that has a similar conceit, and that would have been late 80s. Um, and I think that was a Are You Afraid of the writer. Dark? No, no, no. That would have been 90s. Uh, it was one of the right. earliest episodes, so yeah, probably early 90s. Yeah. yeah. Is that the one with the computer? I think so. I don't remember. Like, it's not one of my favorite episodes, so I haven't rewatched it in a long I time. I remember there was one that, like, oh, man, clearly hasn't held up, because it's just they put a little person in, like, silver makeup. Oh, no. And it was just, like, some either computer game or just some weird thing where it's oh, like he yeah. ended up in, like, a computer universe. I think I know what one you're talking about, yeah. Dude, I love Are You Afraid of the Dark. We could also just do Are You Afraid of the Dark after we do this. Yeah, I would love to do an Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. <laughs> I, I don't know what the title would be. Maybe. Are uh, You Afraid of the Pod? <laughs> are You Afraid of the Citizens? <laughs> Citizens um, Afraid of the Dark. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, on a personal note, I don't really understand why it was this one. King has so many stories. Maybe just because yeah. it's like budgetarily, it was the easiest to, um, I don't know, afford. Yeah, and I mean, it vibes with the other, the other episodes in this season. So, you know, I think it fits in nicely. It's possibly even a little repetitive based on what we've seen so far. Yeah, because it's like you already got the Mookie and Pookie one, which was um, more or less like the computer's wonky. Mm. And you had, um, well, you had the My Back one, which was like, my wife sucks, and then sort of otherworldly powers dealt with her. Um, yeah, so it's definitely fitting on a theme of, like, Kid You Don't Want was the first one, or second one? What's that? Oh, yeah, and then there was the one with the, the drunk husband who, his family, like, abandons him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess all of this is like dissolution of the family unit, which was something that came into more prevalence in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. Kind of exploring no, that. Um, but yeah, I just don't understand. Like, I don't know. I feel like King had better short stories you could have adapted. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think they're playing it safe doing this one. Cause they're like, this fits yeah, our demographic was, perfectly. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know when one for the road came out, for instance, which is the Salem's lot like tie-in story but like that you'd need like just some outdoor setting and a road so clearly they were like we have a house <laughs> we always so have the what? house <laughs> we have one house so <laughs> how do we do that yeah basically hmm. um but yeah as for like for a tales from the dark side episode yeah it was decent 
I was like, top 10, but I'm like, we haven't even gotten episode 10 yet. We're not even through 10. So yeah, top 10 by default. Yeah. I would uh, put it in my top three so far. I mean, I think the obvious front runner is um, the one with the people that can act, for instance, yeah. uh, which was the, I forget the name of it, but just the one with the bookie. Yeah. The one with the um, bookie. Slippage. My favorite. See, I didn't love slippage. No? Oh, it creeped me out. It was creepy. I just, eh, something about it didn't really strike me. Um, let's see, what else? Um, you know, I'd love to tell you that closet one, but it didn't really do much for me. Closet one. Oh, the monkey the in the closet. Little, little closet monster thing. <laughs> little closet goblin. Yeah, that didn't. Um, I didn't yeah, love it. I did like the pilot. Yeah, pilot. The pilot good. was just like very like over the top, but hit that sort of sweet spot with like kind of kitschy, stupid Halloween stuff. Yeah, I the one with the rich old guys wasn't bad either. Yeah, I like the rich old guys one. I'll probably put that in my top three. Yeah. Um, and then maybe word processor four. I don't know. Yeah. Of the eight, it's, I'd say, top five. So there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have all that much to say about it. It's interesting that we got to our first, like, overt story adaptation. Yeah, I think um, there were a couple before that were story adaptations, but obviously King would be a big name by this point. Oh, we're, I mean, I'm sure there were, you know, like, story by stuff. I just mean in terms of, like, a bigger like horror writer name and then they got that adapted. Mhm. Yeah. I and think I sent you um I was reading the wiki about Tales from the Dark Side and they were Joe Hill was trying to bring it back and it was just going to be called Dark Side. Mhm. And uh I don't remember for CBS or CW or something and then it was going to have like there's going to be one house, but then there's going to be like an arc in it. And he said something I totally don't agree with, which was post X-Files. I don't think you can do a straight anthology show, which I think is horseshit, to be honest. Yeah, I don't understand how you wouldn't be able to. Like, I get I get what he meant, which was like the X-Files showed that you could do a sort of like horror anthology monster of the week type of thing and still have a an arc you could do. But I just don't know why you would choose to do that remaking Tales from the Dark Side instead of just starting a new thing. Right, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when did, um, oh, what's that one we were talking about before that's on Shudder that had Candle Co? I don't know, Channel Zero. That would have been, uh, what, 20... 16, 2017? Let me yeah. look this up, actually. Um, and I mean, God, The Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor were both pretty... But I guess those are kind of not necessarily... I guess, I th I think what he meant was, like, each episode is a new thing. Yeah. But I'm like, we just had a new Twilight Zone hosted by Jordan Peele, where yeah. they do that. And I would argue it works. Yeah, I thought It so. might not be better than the original, but yeah, it works. It didn't... Uh... I don't think it lasted long, but I, I don't know how much of that was the pandemic also. I think it got about two seasons. I mean, <clears throat> it was fine. Like, there were some interesting episodes, but, like, it was nothing incredible. But that's okay, too. Like, I would watch a not-incredible 
horror anthology show just like, to see I'll what be it real, does. They brought back uh, they brought back Creep Show as like a show. Yeah. And like it's fine. People love it, but I'm like, eh, it's fine. I haven't watched it. But yeah, I mean like they're they're out there, man. <laughs> they're being made. People are watching them and loving them. So Yeah, I mean I don't like to bring up I don't like to disparage other writers. Okay, Channel Zero started in 2016, went to 2018, apparently. Um, Yeah, I was going to say, I don't like to disparage other writers, but, like, Joe Hill is the only one that sometimes he says stuff where I'm like, yeah, I don't agree with that, like, at all. Yeah, that's not disparaging him, that's just disagreeing with him. <laughs> well, it's tough, too, because it's like I'm such a huge fan of his dad's. Yeah. That, like, and it's like, no matter what, you want to not compare them, but you just can't help it. Right. Yeah, and, I mean, they're um, working in the same genre. It's hard not to. I mean, everybody else is competing with his dad, so. <laughs> that's true. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've read, like, I we both like Horns. Yeah, Horns is great. I think it's his best. And I haven't read any of his newer stuff, so I'm sure some of it's decent. I just, I don't know. Some of the, his vibes are very, like, I'm Neil Gaiman from San Francisco. And it's like, well, first off, you weren't born in San Francisco. And he it's must- just that, like, he's a rich kid thing. Like, you never get over that. Right. Because <laughs> it's like, his dad is fucking Stephen King, so, like, how else is he going to be? Like, you know, Stephen King grew up in, like, working factories and shit. And yeah. Joe Hill grew up like, I'm on the set of Tales from the Dark Side. <laughs> so, yeah. That would have been fun. I wish I was on Tales from the Dark Side. It probably stopped. Well, no, how long did it record for? Tales from the Dark Side? Yeah, I was born um, in 85. I think it started in 83 is what they said. But, I mean, when they say that, I think they mean, you know how the pilot was like a full year before the rest? Right. So, uh, it says 83 to 88. See, yeah, I could have been as a baby if my life had gone differently. Yeah. It's weird to think this might have been on TV and I I just was like, as a child watching this. I know I didn't because I don't think my family watched this. Mm Mm-hmm. What channel was this actually on? I don't think I my mean, parents watched horror like at all. I don't have any memories of. I remember being in video stores and like begging my parents to let me rent horror movies, and they wouldn't because they're good parents. Yeah, I mean, I was, <laughs> well, my family is like they're horror friendly, but like they're not necessarily horror fans. Yeah. Or if they are, it's like for horror films, you know. Mm. So clearly, yeah, this is our best episode because I'm just going through, like, does it say if it was ABC? This is what the people the, tune in for, man. This is. Okay, Listen to yeah, us I, use the internet on our phones while we no talk in America. There's no way I'm going to be able to get this, like, in time, so we should just start wrapping this oh, up. Well, At least this time up. I didn't sound like I actively wanted to murder people, so that's <laughs> nice. That is nice. I listened to the last episode again, and I was just like, man, Sean was not in a good mood. The vibes were wretched, yeah. <laughs> I was trying I was to like, keep yeah, it together. Yeah, this is a great episode. There was a monster in a closet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the episode also didn't give us a lot to work with. This episode was much well, better. Well, that's another thing. There was nothing to really complain about. I was like, yeah, it was decent enough, interesting enough creature. It's it's really much more cinematic, where it's just like there's a little creature, and then the end is it kills the person. It was originally syndicated. Oh, syndicated. Right. I don't know. 
Yeah, who knows? I want to say it was something like ABC, but I'm not sure. And truly, is, I will say, I will say this: it is interesting to think about the '80s horror boom and the paper '80s horror paperback boom, and just how that affected, you know, like Nightmare on Elm Street blowing up, and how that meant that like this show was on like just one of like the the normal channels. It's just weird to picture that in 1984. Yeah, that's a real. That's true. That's a good point. It's like a real boon to like, mainstreaming horror. It's just like, let me tune out from Knight Rider to go watch a <laughs> bitch wife episode. Yeah, I don't know which way I would go. I've actually never seen Knight Rider. So. I don't think I'd want to, I mean, watch it. But yeah, I mean, like compared <laughs> the to the car talks, the 80s were weird with TV, man. <laughs> yeah, they were. I mean, I have early memories of watching shit like Perfect Strangers. Like I loved Perfect Strangers as a child who knew... Did oh I get boy, yeah, show? that doesn't hold up because the whole thing is just like I am foreign. It's yeah. I mean, it's basically just Borat. I thought Balky was awesome though. <laughs> but that's the thing is he that actor was so. You know, it's a really weird anecdote. Is like that actor that played that guy is now. Um, I think that his name is Bronson Pinchot, and he's an audiobook narrator. Oh no! And way. I totally did not because obviously he's not doing the voice, duh. right? <laughs> But, like, his normal kind of, like, narrating voice is so sort of... Because, like, I've seen this dude act in, like, he was in, um... Uh, he was in the Langoliers, like, the oh, the yeah. miniseries they made out of King's um, story or novella. And, like, he doesn't sound the same in that either as how he sounds in the audiobooks, so... Hmm. It's always interesting to hear actors do different voices. Like, the first time I heard Alison Brie do not Annie's voice from community. I was just like, holy shit. Like that was a really an entirely different character. Like she just really inhabits all these different characters. Trusting yeah. Way. Yeah. It is interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is like one of our longer ones already. So yeah, we're digressing a lot. You can cut the, yeah, let's wrap this up. <laughs> uh, Oh. Tiffany, you got anything to promote or plug? Uh, Verses from the Void, my horror poetry podcast updates twice a month near the end of the month. And I just recently had Jessica McHugh on. Um, previous episodes include lots of other good folks. So, yeah, check us out on Anchor FM or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. And on Twitter, just search for Verses from the Void. Is that episode up yet? The McHugh one? Yes, it just went up this morning. Oh, cool. I have to link it around. Um, on my end, I just, uh, bleh. I just released a E99. Oh my God. I'm going to edit all of that <laughs> out. Okay. Yeah, I'm just getting very tongue tied. <clears throat> all right. I'm going to count in so I know where to. One, two, three, four, five. And on my end, I just dropped a 99 cent ebook that is available on Amazon for the Kindle. It's called The Last Halloween Above Ground. It's gotten some positive responses so far. Tiffany seemed to like it. Um, so yeah, you know, check that out. It's a good story for the spooky season. Content warning. It's, it's all about suicide. So, uh, and yeah, my novel, um, Goddamn Zombie Chainsaw Murderer, which dropped over the summer. It's pretty fun. It's on a, a tour list now, a Nightfire list about, like, best slashers. So that's cool. And, um, yeah, it's been selling okay. So if 
you want to check that out, it's very, I mean, it's 90s horror, but, like, it's clearly influenced by, like, all sorts of uh, decades of horror. So, yeah, that's also on Amazon, and it's called Goddamn Zombie Chainsaw Murder. It's not hard to miss. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up. Uh, for Dark Side Citizens, I am Sean M. Thompson. I'm Tiffany Morris. And, uh, yeah, if you have a word processor, well, first of all, why do you have a word processor and 2022 do you think that'll be the next sort of thing i think they already people already are doing that like hipster people oh but like why typewriters are so much prettier check out my word processor (laughs) but it it, but it's just like shaped like a banana or something yeah yeah various civil okay i mean that's weird but i'll end it on that (laughs) (laughs) bye